Welcome to the Ask the Dog Guy podcast, where both science and common sense are embraced. Each episode is available in an audio-only and video version. This, of course, is the audio-only version. I'm your host, full-time, for over 30 years, companion dog trainer, John Wade. This episode is about a small dog that is jealous of attention given to the love of his life, George, another dog. Okay, today's video is uh, about uh, two dogs, really, but uh, it's mostly about a dog named Fred, a pug lab chihuahua cross. Uh, He's a neutered male, one year old, and they've had him since he was about uh, three months of age. So Fred loves to play. When we first got him, we had to start going to the dog park often so he could run around with every dog he could find. Then we got another dog, George. Fred adores George, bordering on obsession. They love to play together. However, now Fred only wants to play with George. If we go to the park and George tries to play with another dog, Fred gets very possessive and starts playing more aggressively with her, ignoring the other dog. He's not interested in playing with other dogs, but most problematic, he won't let George play with anyone else. If by himself, he's fine and he'll play with others. This also happens when playing fetch. George loves it, but Fred, who's faster, will grab the ball toy and take it somewhere else or try to get George to chase him instead of playing fetch. Is there a way to correct this behavior so Fred allows George and himself to play with others again? That's Alice in Colorado. Thanks, Alice. Video is only about 16 seconds long, uh, but it does give us uh, an idea of what it is that uh, uh, George and Fred are doing. So initially what we're, you're, you're going to see here is that George is minding his own business. I think it's a he, but I'm not sure. And uh, uh, But based on probably considerable last experience, uh, he, he uh, can see where Fred's going with this this behavior. So Fred's kind of got the hormonal blindness of a 14-year-old boy pestering his girlfriend here, and he just doesn't know um, how to take a hint. And so I think what George is doing is is teaching him about uh, hints. So let's have a look here. So you're going to see Fred's being nosy. He's poking him in the rear end and sniffing. And now... Uh, we're going to go back here because at about the, the just the three second mark, uh, he he gets the hairy eyeball, and then shortly thereafter he gets a verbal warning, and then uh, uh, there's a little bit more drama all put together here. So happens fast, but just watch here. Hairy eyeball. So that's the look. We've all had our loving authority figures in our lives, whether they're our mothers or our spouses or whoever, uh, give us the look. And so we get the look, we got a growl, and we totally ignored it, and then we got snapped at. And again, I think most of us have been there. So uh, that's all perfectly normal from what I can see. Uh, so if, if we uh, play this back, one of the more interesting things that you'll hear, let me see, where is it? It's about, just, just after we, we see, so you can see there. You're going to get told, and there we go. So you can see George is is being, uh, exerting self-control here. So just here, I want you to listen in the background. Did you hear that? A gasp. It was the person taking the video going, huh! because of what they saw. So 
or heard and saw, and this is pretty typical. Um, dog training has uh, is driven by people who love dogs. It, al it always has been. It's not driven by science at all. And in the last 20 years, we've had a, a, a just a, a takeover by people who think that you that uh, uh, the movie The Lady and the Tramp was a documentary about how dogs get along. And the reality is there's no species in the planet interacts with each other as particularly if you have to teach life skills the way dog trainers tell us to do it. And that's whether it's this treat, 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 treat nonsense that you see the majority of time or this yank in the crank uh, nonsense that you see or make the dog submit. Uh, those are, are models that are designed for modifying behavior in very different contexts than life skills. And that's why they are so useless in the context of teaching a dog how to come when called or stay when they're told to stay and keeping their leash loose. So um, I, this is just a kind of a, a good example of, of a controlled uh, interaction between two dogs. And uh, where we run into trouble in some households is you got two dogs who are fair, here are, are you know about the same age and the same size, uh, not quite, but pretty close. And so things generally don't get out of hand if we stay the heck out of it. Uh, basically, what they'll do is they'll find out where their boundaries are like we all do when we live together. Uh, where you have to be careful is when it's like a really senior dog who just hasn't got it anymore. They're just exhausted and they somebody brings a puppy into their lives. And, you know, the old dog goes, my God, I didn't get a vote on this. And if you're going to bring him in here, why aren't you controlling him? Well, why do I have to do this? And so... To a certain extent, maybe George's personality is one where um, he just a soft dog, old soul, doesn't want to have to deal with this. But it doesn't look like the way to me. It looks like George can take care of things here. So um, your question was, is there a way to correct this behavior so Fred allows George and, and, and himself to play with others again? And I think George answered that for you. Um, if you want to be the one influencing the behavior instead of leaving it on George's poor shoulders here, you have to learn how to train a dog. And the, the uh, from what I, you know, again, I'm just extrapolating here because you didn't send a lot of information, but I guess you've been exposed to the idea of you have to be all positive all the time, ignore bad behavior, reward good behavior, and it's got to they use all kinds of catchphrases that all sound great if you're marketing yourself as a dog trainer and you're actually an amateur. But in the real behavioral world, that's all nonsense. Um, what we didn't see here was uh, George offer Fred a treat or try to redirect him with a toy um, or react in a way that hurt Fred. Like what they're doing here is the way relationships work, whether you're a dog, a wolf, an ape, or a human being. So uh, the uh, I think the dog training world has dog owners gasping because they see real life and they don't know. Like we've been just been told, my gosh, if you do that, uh, poor old Fred's going to wreck his self-esteem. Um, he'll never be the same. Uh, you look pretty good to me. Um, so uh, what happens in time is he'll learn to recognize the look. And in fact, you'll see that here as we get a little deeper into the... Uh, so he's gonna, he says, I'm coming back for another one here. So he goes through his little routine, tail end, up and watch this. Oh, maybe I better not. So he gets the look and then he backs off. So that's basically what I think George is doing is teaching him tone and body language. 
I think part of your problem is is that you take them to the dog park and um I mean, we could do a whole episode on dog parks, the pros and cons, and they're mostly cons. But uh, for you to try and influence uh, Fred or George to in influence Fred, you're kind of trying to teach a kid to do geometry at the gateway of Disneyland. There's so much going on that the normal sorts of things that would work in the calmness of your home uh are not going to work there. And sometimes it's just best to let things go so long as you know nobody's going to get hurt but uh, or, or remove them from that situation. But if you want control uh, uh, over Fred where he responds respectfully to your wishes, then uh, um, I'd like to see that happen in your home before I would worry about it in the, uh, the dog park. So let me just double check my notes here. I want to make sure I covered everything here. Um, yeah. So yeah, you get the all positive or the might is right concepts. And again, those are, those are ideologies. They're not methodologies. They're, uh, they're applicable in certain contexts in life. Uh, but um, I mean, the might is right. That's how a bouncer changes your behavior, not your mother, unless you don't listen to her. And then she, might, she may not pin you to the ground, but she's going to take your Xbox away from you. Um, what you've never seen happen with a dog, a wolf, an ape, or a human being is any of the nonsense that, that uh, amateur dog trainers are telling people. Um, so uh, what we want to do ultimately, so I guess no has become a dirty word in the, uh, the dog training world. Uh, well, with the amateurs it has. No is not a dirty word. It's a powerful word, word if it's used correctly. If you use it correctly, your dog should come away and understand I'm not bad, you're not bad, but something I just did was bad. And I think this other option you offered me is what would be better. That's teaching, correcting. No is not as uh, um, simple as, as, as the amateur dog training world. I think that the relationship you've got's got to change first. And so I, I think if I asked either dog, hey, Fred, what do you, what do you think of this young woman? Fred would go, oh my God, John, I won the lottery for dogs. I got a great roommate here. Well, um, you're not going to get anywhere if that dog thinks you're a roommate. And most of our dogs end up thinking that way because that's the way we live with them. I'd encourage you to learn a little bit about some about dog training. I've got a, a book on um, different dog training methods that kind of explain in detail what to stay away from and what to look for. And I'll put a link in the, 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 the notes for that. The problem is, is you can read those books and then you start looking for a dog trainer and you go, holy smokes, um, they all are in those categories of, of what I would consider amateur and uh, you're uh, a little lost to what you're supposed to do. Um, you, you've always got the option of booking uh, these sessions with me. I've got uh, um, a pretty good program to get you on, on the right track, but ideally, if you can find somebody local, that would be the best. You'll find hundreds of free articles along with the store for my training eBooks and the dog training collar and leash that I often recommend for those dogs that have you coming back from every walk with one arm longer than the other at askthedogguide.com. I'll include links in the podcast notes as well. If you have a question for Ask the Dog Guy, that's me, John Wade, you can send your question and ideally some accompanying example video to john at askthedogguy.com. That's john at askthedogguy.com. I'll also include some links in the notes as well. 
If you found this or any of my other Ask the Dog Guy free resources of benefit, or if you'd just like to be a supporter of science and common sense in companion dog training, you can buy me the occasional coffee or a cognac, or maybe two, via the Buy Me a Coffee link provided in the notes.